0: Slam me, hey go, Slam me, hey go, hey Slam me, hey go, Slam me, hey You already know what's up, what's that another home run Cause you know the we hold that trophy
1: up What's up everybody, welcome episode 553 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show Ben Fadden with you here, it is January 10th, 2024 Hopefully everybody is having a great day for the podcast listeners, you just missed my new intro that I made, which includes a couple of great plays in Padres' history, a couple of great moments. So, hopefully, you go over to YouTube and you watch that. I just completed that. That's what I was waiting to complete before getting here and doing this show today because Dennis Lynn released a mailbag, part one of his mailbag. And the big topic was Hassan Kim and the future. Of Ha Kim. So I have some thoughts on that. If you want to join the show, you can click that link pinned up at the top of the chat. If you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, you can use that super chat button. I appreciate that. I will get to the chat as well with any comments, any questions. But yeah, Dennis Lynn of the Athletic, part one of his mailbag. And there were questions about Ha Kim, reasonable contract extension. How much would that cost? Do the Padres? pretty much need to move Ha-Sung Kim, and that's the big question that I want to address here. Um, is it possible the Padres are over the first competitive balance tax threshold to start the year, and then maybe they trade away pieces to get under it? Are trades going to happen? Maybe a team like the Miami Marlins seems like a good match. Cheap outfield option, jerked and Profar, Travis Jankowski. Uh, Is that what we're looking at? So there were different questions in here, but the main big question, which I think a lot of Padres fans have on their minds right now. And this came from Lucas F as unpopular as it would be with Padres fans is trading Ha Sung Kim, the best shot we have to fill all the holes that remain on the roster. And Dennis said, it seems that way among the team's trade candidates. Kim is the one who has drawn the most interest this offseason, and it's been widespread interest. He's nine months away from free agency, and the Padres appear unlikely to pony up the money it would take to extend him. Prospect Jackson Merrill, when he's ready, could cheaply replace Kim somewhere in the infield, and after trading pending free agents Juan Soto and Scott Barlow for several controllable assets, the Padres logically are obligated to explore a similar move with Kim whose combination of gold glove defense and affordable 2024 salary has drawn a larger field of teams than the few that seriously bid for Soto. Internally, at least, San Diego has been discussing the idea for weeks. I'm going to start with this paragraph, and then there was some more that he said about this. So yeah, my my thoughts on this. Do the Padres need to trade Kim to fill all the holes? They don't need to, but I feel like, it seems like it's the best way to do it. Like to get the best players into this roster, to get the most complete roster. It's like Juan Soto. You know, a lot of fans had the viewpoint of, well, you know, he's not going to come back. It's one year. Let's maximize the value we can get back for Juan Soto and just deal with it. Isn't that what this is with Hassan Kim? I get that Soto was making over $30 million, and Kim's making, I think, eight, the AAV is seven on this four-year, $28 million contract that he had with the Padres, and he's entering his last year. I get that it's less expensive, but he's not coming back. Like, the Padres, they're not going to give him a long-term contract. They're not going to give him $180 million to top Dansby Swanson's contract. Because if Kim plays good like this again, the market's just going to keep going up. It keeps going up for every player, it seems like. Luck what Jung-Hoo Lee just got, and he hasn't played in the big leagues. Kim would have put together back-to-back really valuable seasons for the Padres. And then there's going to be teams out there that are going to need guys that can play second, third, short, hit at the top of the order, can hit anywhere, has speed, team player. He'll be a popular player, I would think, on the market. So this, to me, this is like the same thing. There are guys now with Soto, there wasn't anyone that could immediately slot in and play left field with Kim. At least you can slide Jake Cronenworth who you have long-term. You can slide him back over to second base where he provides you the most value. You have Jackson Merrill who's coming up and he is most comfortable in the infield, not the outfield, or at least that's what he's been brought up to be a shortstop second base. You can have Merrill play short. You can have Cronenworth play second. You got a Bogarts play first. You got a Bogarts play second. You could keep Bogarts at short. Manny's at third, and you can have Merrill or Cronenworth play second, and the other go to the outfield, and you be a, a a Chris Taylor utility type player and be valuable that way. And then you can bring in an actual first baseman, or you know, or yeah, bring one in for now, and then wait for someone like Nathan Martorella to come up and be your first baseman. So like. Yeah, do I want Hassan Kim to not be on the team? No, of course. like with Juan Soto. You want Juan Soto on your baseball team. You want Hassan Kim on your baseball team. But he has one year left. Like, this is just the facts here. And Merrill is going to come up at some point. And Jake Cronenworth, he's not super valuable at first base. He's way more valuable at second base than he is at first base. And that's where he is best, at second base. Trust me, those know I'm a big Jake Cronenworth fan, but if Jake Cronenworth was in Hassan Kim Kim's situation and he was playing better, he only had one year left and Kim was the guy extended long-term, I would be saying, yeah, the Padres probably should be trading Jake Cronenworth one year left on the deal so that they could get something back and go put it into different positions that they don't have filled right now. You know, so yeah, I'm on that boat. I am on that boat of trading Ha Sung Kim, I think that's the best thing to build the most complete team. I was on board with trading Juan Soto because I understood what that would mean for the Padres. And guess what? Yes, there are holes that were created, but they they got more flexibility and they were able to fill some of the other spots, right? And they have flexibility here to go spend on other parts of the roster. We'll see what they end up doing. But yeah, I was for it. He wasn't going to come back and he's a great hitter but you can win the World Series without Juan Soto. And you can win the World Series without ha Kim. You know, look at the Texas Rangers. They had um, Evan Carter come up as a rookie and be big. Jackson Merrill could be that guy for the Padres. Who knows what position it's going to be? Maybe it's different positions, multiple. But he could be that guy. And Jake Cronenworth, he's not going to be as bad as he was this past year. I am fully confident in saying that he's not going to be as bad as he was this past season. And you still have Manny, you still have Bogarts. When he's healthy, he's performed he performed well with the Padres this past season. You have Tatis full off season. I think he's the NOMVP in 2024. I've said that. that. That's my prediction for Tatis, the NOMVP as of now. Um, so yeah, Hasan Kim and Juan Soto, they were like the two like most valuable Padres this past year. And yeah, is that a good look to be trading those guys? No, that's not a good look but this is the situation that the Padres have put themselves in where you lock down Cronenworth, you made your bed, you have to lay in it. Other teams are super interested in Ha-Sung Kim. If you read Dennis Lin here, widespread interest around Major League Baseball for Ha-Sung Kim. That's not what it is with Jay Cronenworth. This is the highest value that Ha-Sung Kim is at. Even if he performs well in 2024, He's not going to be as, at as high of a value as he is now for the Padres because that's less time that that team will have ha Kim under contract. If they trade him at the deadline, if they're out of it, they're not getting as much back at the deadline as they would be getting now. And there are holes on this roster that need to be filled. And I find it hard to believe that the Padres are going to be able to fill all these holes on the roster without making a trade because they're going to get it they're they're just going to go get all these guys in free agency. They're going to get a center fielder. Harrison Bader and Kevin Kiermaier just went for 10 plus million dollars. They're going to do that. And how much is the left fielder going to cost? And they need a, another starting pitcher. Starting pitchers are going for 15 million dollars a year regardless of like if you had a good year or not this past year. First base DH, they're just going to roll with Jake at first base again. They're not going to fill out a bench like in more depth than the rotation is what more arms as well you would think a couple so i just with the room like let's say they have 20 25 million dollars a room which is what has kind of been floated out there if you go look on fan graphs or what's been thrown out there by some writers how are they going to do this where it's not Travis Jankowski as your starting center fielder on opening day and Jerks and Profiles your starting left fielder right I'm not like they can do it in free agency if you want your outfield to be profar Jankowski and Tatis, but I think we can all agree that the Padres should have a better outfield than that, right? They should probably bring in an actual first baseman, they should bring in another starter. And instead of having it be three starters, two coming off injury, and the four or five be. Luis Patino or Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez or be Pedro Avila and Randy Vasquez or whoever. I think we want all those guys to be fighting for the five spot or just be depth guys. And some of those guys be in the bullpen. Like in a trade for Ha Sung Kim, let's say the Padres trade Ha Sung Kim. What would you get back? You could get back controllable starting pitching. I'm sure you could get back a control. Maybe it's not controllable starting pitching. Maybe it's a controllable outfielder or it's a first base. Like I'm looking at teams like the Marlins. I'm looking now if it's one year, right? And that team's it's one year. So are the Marlins going to go give Hassan Kim that much money? I don't see that happening. So maybe you take the Marlins out of it because the Marlins, are they a world series team in 24 D backs? We didn't think that about 2023 and they did so they they could surprise people but they're in a really tough division with teams that if they don't win the division they're going to be definitely in the wild card right so let's say a team like the giants maybe they're not trying to go all in but I, i'd probably still put them ahead of the marlins assuming that they'll make more moves this offseason and we know that they would be willing to extend Hassan kim because they need someone up the middle there they, they have marso Marco Luciano, I think, but if you read some people with the giants, they, uh, some people that cover the giants, they don't know if he's like ready to be the shortstop every day. And if he is, they can put Hassan Kim at second base, right? He could play third. Like he, he's super valuable on the field. Bob Melvin knows Hassan Kim. Obviously they have plenty of room to spend. Jung Hoo Lee and Hassan Kim are great friends. You know, like I could see that now you what, what you'd say is, well, why would the Padres trade in the division with the Giants and give Hassan Kim to the Giants? What are we doing? I understand that, but I don't know. I, I feel like get the best package back. If the Giants is the best package, then it is. And you hope that Kim doesn't sign an extension with the Giants. You hope that he doesn't sign their long term. But if he does even if he does, I can't sit here and treat like that's the end of the Treat it like it's the, the end of the world. You know, like, we got to believe in Jackson Merrill. We have Xander Bogarts. We got to believe in him. We have Jay Cronenworth. We got to believe in him. You know, like, the Padres have made their bed. They've already made decisions to prohibit them from giving Hasan Kim a long-term extension. So it's almost like we we can't think about, oh, maybe he's going to be there long-term. Let's not trade him there. Get the best package back. You know, with Soto, you didn't want that either, but if the Giants were to, to blow away the Padres with an offer, then you probably still do it. Just because you can make the wild card now. It's not like, oh, we're giving Hassan Kim to the Giants, we're giving Soto to the Giants, let's say, and they're going to beat us in the division every year, and it's done. Like, you can make the playoffs without winning the division, you know? Um, and so... Kim might not sign long-term with the Giants. Like, I think you got to get the best package back. I like a package that involves the Seattle Mariners. I mean, the Mariners are a team that they need to spend more money, in my opinion, as well. They also probably need to have better options at second base, at third base. I know they have J.P. Crawford at shortstop, but they've got Luis Arias, I think, starting at one of those spots. You know, an upgrade is Hassan Kim. And it's one year. and. would he work in the Seattle market? Yeah, I think he'd work in the Seattle market. And what do the Seattle Mariners have? They have young starting pitching that the Padres can get. I, I Maybe it has to be a three-way trade with the team that I'm not thinking about right now. With a couple teams, I should say, that I'm not thinking about right now. But those are a couple teams that jump out at me. The Giants and the Seattle Mariners. For Ha-Sung Kim. And yeah, I, I think that it makes the most sense to trade Ha-Sung Kim if we're trying to build the most complete roster. And I actually feel better about trading Kim over Soto because with Soto, and I'm taking out the money. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about positionally. Because the Padres have second base filled if Kim is traded. They can move a guy who was an all-star, two-time all-star, at second base. They can put him at second base. They have Jackson Merrill, one of their top prospects, coming up that can play middle infield, right? Bogarts, if I know he doesn't want to, but he could play second base. I have no doubt he could play second base if that's what the Padres order him to do and say, this is what is best for the organization. With Soto, when you were trading him and Grish as well, there was no guy that you could just go put in left field that can move to left field where it's like, yeah, he fits better at left field. Like, no, we're looking for left fielders. We're looking for center fielders. Is there an outfielder out there that Padres could trade Kim for that's controllable, that was like, oh, that, yeah, that would make sense to to play center field or to play left field? Um, I, I do want to read more in this Dennis Lynn mailbag, and I'm going to get to the point of why – because. Maybe it's going to be brought up by a Padres fan. Maybe you're thinking right now in your head, like, "What? well, Ben, why would the Padres not just extend Kim, trade Jackson Merrill? Jackson Merrill's not proven at the big league level. Just extend ha Kim and you can trade Merrill and you'll get something back there. He's a top 10 prospect in baseball. Why not do that? I will get to that. Dennis Lynn continued here talking about ha Kim. Unsurprisingly, the Padres have set a high asking price in their conversations with other clubs. As one team official said just before the winter meetings, any potential return for Kim would need to be way above the line, which is very understandable. Like, the Padres don't have to trade Hassan Kim. I just feel like you could get a lot of value back, some good value back for Hassan Kim, and he's not going to be here long term. That sentiment is still there. Um, A trade before Kim's scheduled March 20th homecoming to Seoul is possible, but not likely. Obviously, the Korea series is going to be there, the two games against the Dodgers, which are going to be at like 3 a.m. our time because it's at 7 o'clock p.m. Korea time. Despite the rough optics of this offseason amid a slow-moving market, the same description applies in various other cities. The Padres want to be competitive in 2024, and Kim could provide major value on an $8 million salary. It's also not lost on organization decision makers that three of their most productive players last season, Soto, Snow, and Hader, were close or relatively close to free agency. And I don't, does Dennis mean there that the Potters are like, maybe we shouldn't trade Kim because look at what guys on their walk year did for us this past year or close to their walk year. Look what Snow and Hader did. Look what Soto did close to the walk year. What is Kim gonna do, walk year? You know, motivated to get that big payday, you know, in his last year in this contract. Maybe we should keep that person. Is that what he's referring to? Or is he referring to, hey, this could be appealing to other teams. Look what these other guys did in walk year. We didn't trade those guys, but we'll give you Kim walk year. He's only getting better. It's one year. It's not, it's not a big salary. Maybe a team has um, depth at the position the Padres want in a trade and they can play it that way. Hey, look, walk your Kim. That's someone you want on your team. Here, here you go. We can give you this gift. Maybe that's part of the Padres if they feel like they need to trade Asung Kim, part of their, their pitch to other teams. Um, Dennis says, we'll see if the Padres end up seeing greater value in a trade. Preller is as creative as any general manager, but keeping Kim, finding two starting outfielders and at least one starting pitcher and staying within a certain budget would be a challenge, no doubt. Exactly. That's where I'm like, yeah, it feels like the Padres do need to trade Kim if they want to get good return back, and those guys probably aren't making a bunch of money. Doing all this in free agency with a limited budget like this, I mean We're not going to be able to get the impact. We're not going to get Jorge Soler and Marcus Stroman, you know, coming to the Padres. I just don't see that with how this market is. And those guys could hold out because they know that they're talented. It's not like they're the low tier guys asking for too much. And then they fold and it's like, okay, I'll go back. I'll go to the Padres for one year, seven mil. No, I think those guys could hold out and those guys will get bigger deals. Um, Dennis says that for now, the Padres can't afford to maintain a high ask on Kim. Maybe spring training injuries arise for other teams, increasing the demand for a starting middle infielder. Maybe the Padres suffer their own injuries or Merrill and other prospects don't look nearly ready in camp, which definitely could happen. Maybe Manny Machado's recovery from elbow surgery delays his return to playing third base where Kim is a quality defender. That is something as well that might be brought up by fans that want to keep ha Kim. What if Manny's not ready? Kim can play third. What are you going to do if Kim gets traded? Manny's not ready. Who's playing third base? Well, I guess deal with it when you get there. Edgar Rosario can play third if you need him to for a few weeks. You could have Graham Pauly play third base if you need him to, if he has a good spring training. Um, It's kind of like, If you get the right return for Kim, I don't know if you should be worrying about that. The Padres, by the way, Dennis Lynn says here, believe Machado could be fully ready to go by the second half of March, but they won't get a better idea until they go through a few weeks of the preseason. It seems like things are going well with Manny, so we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that progresses. Um, Dennis does talk about a reasonable contract extension. What would that cost? Notes here, Dansby was a soon-to-be 29-year-old coming off his first Gold Glove Award when he signed a seven-year, 177 million-dollar contract with the Cubs. Remember, Dansby did win the World Series. He more accomplished, Trevor Story more accomplished than Hassan Kim, but Kim keeps getting better, and Kim did just win uh, the Gold Glove for utility. You know, like, he's still super valuable. And the market has only gone up. It's gotten more player-friendly as well, especially for guys that are in their prime. And that's what Hassan Kim is. Uh, Trevor Story, by the way, he signed a six-year $140 million contract uh, with the Boston Red Sox. That was with Bogart still on the Red Sox, so that was to play second base at the time. Uh, Both middle infielders, talking about Story and Swanson, were considerably more accomplished than Kim and both possess higher ceilings on offense. But these two recent free agent deals likely are at least rough templates for Kim and his agents. Which, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's what all agents would do, right? You see whether it's a starting pitcher. What did that starting pitcher get? Oh, comparable numbers, or I have better numbers. Okay, then you better not offer us less money than that. Kim, I'm sure that that's what his agent, I don't know who his agent is off the top of my head, but I'm sure that's what his agent will do with other teams hey, these guys got this. I keep getting my client, Hasan Kim keeps getting better. He's winning gold gloves. Maybe the Padres make the postseason and Kim can come up big. We know that he came up uh, big in game four of the division series with that hit down the line, which was, I mean, part of it was where I think it was, uh, was it Muncie who was at third base at that time? Where the third baseman was positioned, but Kim did come through there. Um, I was watching some of those highlights because I was making my intro today my new intro and man I I miss that feeling. Seeing Petco Park that freaking packed and just everyone being super super happy. Uh, I miss that feeling. Um but yeah getting back to what Lynn's saying here Kim Gold Glove candidate shortstop or second base compiled 8.1 F4 across the past two seasons will turn 29 in October. He has largely stayed on the field and unlike story there are no health concerns about Kim's throwing arm. Yeah, that that's that's a good point. The only notable competition in the upcoming class of free agent shortstops is Willie Adamas. Is Will, who would teams rather have? Would they rather have Willie Adamas or would they rather have Hassan Kim? Like Kim can play third, he can play short, he can play second. He's coming off of a gold glove utility. Adamas, I mean, he could probably hit anywhere in the lineup as well. Let me look up Adamus's numbers here. He could be a trade candidate as well if the Brewers you know, are out of it because it doesn't seem like the Brewers are you know, going to go lock up Corbin Burns, lock up Willie Adamas. I think they're going to let some of the young guys go play under Pat Murphy. Last year, Willie Adamas hit 217 with 24 home runs. He had a 95 OPS plus, so below league average OPS plus where Hassan Kim had a 110 OPS plus, 10% above league average. He hit 260, which was significantly higher than Willie Adamas. Adamas had more home runs. Kim had 17. Adamas had 24. Kim's war was significantly higher, on, according to baseball reference. 5.8, which takes into defense, obviously. Willie Adamas had a three war. So there you go. I mean, I think I'd rather have Hassan Kim over Willie Adamas. And I think a lot of teams would rather have Hassan Kim over Willie Adamas. I'm not saying Adamas is not an impactful player. Like, he's he's not a good player. But, again, if I had to pick between the two, I think Hassan Kim gives you more around across the board than Willie Adamas gives. Quick check of social media here. Okay. Now, I do want to get to the question of well, why can't the Padres just trade Jackson Merrill? Like I know a lot of Padres fans want Hassan Kim, he's the proven guy, fan favorite, can play different positions, can hit anywhere in the lineup. Like why not extend that guy? Jackson Merrill's a question mark. He's not proven yet. Go tra- he's a top 10 prospect in baseball according to some. Go trade him for starting pitching. Go trade him for Dylan Cease or Corbin Burns or Shane Bieber or um another Pitcher, Jesus Lazardo, go trade him. Keep Kim. Give Kim a contract. Well, first off, are the Padres in the spot to give Hassan Kim $180 million, $150 million, whatever it may be? I don't think so. Like they've already made their bed with Kronaworth, with Bogarts, with Manny. That's how much that's tied up to their middle infield? $350 to Manny, $280 to Bogarts. 80 to Cronoworth, some of the money has been already given out to these guys from last year. But with Cronoworth, for example, that money has not been given out. So, yeah, I mean, 350 plus 280 plus 80. Sorry, not I'm just trying to get the exact number. and Google's not cooperating. So 350 plus 280 plus 80, that's 710 million dollars for three infielders. That is already locked up. You're going to give another 150 plus to Hassan Kim and lock up four infielders and you need four infield spots and none of those guys are actual first basemen. So Sure, you could trade Jackson Merrill, but, you know, the Padres, part of the attraction to Jackson Merrill is that he's not going to cost you anything when he comes up to the big leagues. And he's a great talent. He can, he'll can, he be able to play multiple positions. He's not going to cost you $150-plus He could play some outfield. He could be a very valuable utility guy if they want to bring in a first baseman, have Cronenworth play second, Bogarts play short. You can have Merrill play in the outfield. You can have him play infield spots when other guys get DH days. Like He could be a very valuable guy to this Padres team. And other teams, while Jackson Merrill, yeah, that would be appealing, the Padres would probably ask for more back for Jackson Merrill than for Ha-Sung Kim because Ha-Sung Kim is one year. Jackson Merrill would be six, all six of his uh, rookie contract years, right? And other teams probably don't want to give up a ton. They'd rather just go with the one year of Kim. Maybe you give him an extension, but at least he's proven, obviously more than Jackson Merrill, he's proven at the big league level. And it's one year, it's cheap for that one year. And if you can't get an extension, okay, well, it's one year and you didn't have to give up as much. Because Jackson Merrill, that's a lot of control. And for the Padres' sake of things, like their side, why would they want to trade Jackson Merrill? When Hassan Kim, like I said, they're not extending him. They're not going to give him a big contract. And Jackson Merrill is someone that has been developed for years in this farm system. We've seen him in spring training. He could be the future shortstop of this team with Bogarts moving over. Maybe a trade happens or guys move different positions. He could be an impact guy. That is making nothing. You look at some successful teams in the past. Guess what? You had guys like Juan Soto on that nationals team in 2019 making nothing. You had Evan Carter with the Rangers making nothing like there's there's guys that you have to have on these championship teams that are making like nothing, but they're huge pieces to your team. That's what allows you to spend on other parts of the roster, obviously. So, yeah, I think. Trading Hassan Kim makes more sense for the Padres than trading Jackson Merrill. Now, would the pot? Can the Padres get back Dylan Cease? Let's say for Jackson Merrill, probably not. Like the White Sox, they want Jackson Merrill, not one year of of Hassan Kim, right? But you could get—I don't know if the Padres need Dylan Cease for for Hassan Kim. Like for Hassan Kim, you may be able to get back um, one of. Like a mid-rotation starter who has years of control from another team, and you could put that guy in as your number four guy in the rotation, and the Padres could feel be- feel better about that starting pitcher compared to Pedro Avila and Randy Vasquez putting, you know, holding the four or five spots. Or name a guy, James Paxton, who probably will get more money than the Padres can afford, but someone coming off of an injury, and you're giving that guy your four-starter spot, and then you're having someone else be the five, you know? So it, it's something to think about, obviously, a ha Kim trade. And I really wonder what the Padres could get back for ha Kim. And again, you can move Worth to second base. You can have Jackson Merrill come up and play second base or go to the outfield and be a very valuable, cheap piece to this Padres team which I think you need. You can't be paying everyone and expect to go win the World Series all the time. Like there's you look in the past, the Astros, right? Kyle Tucker hasn't gotten that big contract when they won in 2022. Um like there's there's a history of these guys coming up, these young guys, they're not making anything but they're starting every day. They're hitting big home runs in the postseason. Like it's big. You look at the Phillies and their run to the World Series. I know that they didn't win the World Series, but you have the Bryson Stotts of the world that maybe they're not hitting at the top of the order, but they, they're they a pretty key part there for those teams that can make it to the World Series. Look at the Arizona Diamondbacks this past year. They didn't have a $300 million payroll, but they had guys, they had the Corbin Carrolls of the world that aren't making a ton of money, the Brandon Fots. Not making a ton of money, step up and be big. So I'm curious to see what Padres fan thinks. What Padres fans think? Let me know in the comments. What do you think? Are you on board to trade Hassan Kim, Jackson Merrill? I don't think that that's smart. I don't think trading Merrill is smarter than trading one year of Hassan Kim when you know he's not going to be here long term, and you can move Cronworth or have Merrill go play second base. You could have Matthew Batten, Egggy Rosario play second base if everything goes wrong. Now, I'm not advocating for that, but I'm just saying there are bodies there. With Soto, like there were there weren't bodies. Like Cal Mitchell, that's I'm not including him as starting left field option. Um Zocar, I don't even want to include that for center field. With here, though, with Kim, at least there's someone that you know has it, it's a big contract with the Padres with Cronaworth. It's a top 10 prospect in baseball that could go play second. Maybe Bogart shifts over to second base. Like there are other options, ways to go about it. They can get guys back that can fill holes and you're getting something back just because you know that Kim's not going to be here long-term. So um, let's go to John here. I see him. He wants to join the show. What's up, man? What are your thoughts on a possible Kim trade? Dennis Lynn in the athletic today. Um, talking about how the Padres have been discussing internally, at least for weeks, about possibly trading Hasan Kim. What are your some of your thoughts, man?
0: Yeah, quite frankly, I think um, Padres are in a bind. Um, whether we like it or not, um, we, I mean, the payroll is very limited and the market is really, really hot. You know, and quite frankly, I think Preller has to judge how much he's willing to spend in terms of what position he wants to fill. Phil first and foremost, and I think that's starting pitching, quite frankly, because, you know, the six man rotation has worked out for us, especially out in the, uh, these last couple of years, um, Hassan Kim provides a lot of value. Um, and I think there's a lot of teams out there that could definitely be beneficial benefited from Hassan Kim being traded. Um, and to be honest. Prowler has not had a history of sticking with the farm system, I think. He's always kind of traded them away in terms of like the flashy guys or the, you know, just a really big player that's out in the free major market or something like that. He's willing to expend the farm system um, over his tenure. I mean, it's it's been proven time and time again that it quite hasn't worked for him. So my question is to AJ Prowler is that have you learned anything? Are you going to stick with your farm system that you have rebuilt after the Soto Soto trade? or are you willing to stick with the guys who have proven themselves um on the field currently um granted there's still a lot of holes to fill but and not a lot of flexibility as much anymore um and i was thinking about it in terms of also the cronworth trade because you know that seems to be the discussion around hassan kim as well as cronworth or kim or whatever i mean cronworth is a definitely a good option to trade away but I mean, we've already made our bed with him, so we have to kind of stick with him in, in a sense. And I don't see a lot of teams kind of jumping on the bandwagon to get that big of a contract for such no. a low, you know, it's 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 unfortunate, but it's the truth. You know, it's the business side of everything is that we love Hassan Kim and I love Hassan Kim, but it's the business side of it, you know?
1: Yeah. And payroll wise, like you talk about Preller and his history of acquiring Juan Soto, trading away big prospects. Acquiring Josh Hader, uh, acquiring Musgrove, Darvish—big big
0: splashes at the trade deadline. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the payroll then was different. He had the ability to do that and add on the big salary. You had Peter Seiler as the owner being okay with whatever salary was being added. Yeah, whatever, go for it. We'll blow through these thresholds. Who ge- Who who cares? Um, here, he doesn't have that. So, if he could choose prospect route or go acquire Dylan Cease probably would choose Dylan Cease or Corbin Burns, let's say, but he doesn't have that um, ability to do that. Clearly, like there yeah. is a budget here and Peter Scyther not here. It's Eric Kutsunda and Eric Grubner and the rest of the Scyther family that has any input. I'm not going to say names because I have no idea who actually is having like the input, um, but like it's different. And so he probably has to change his thought, his approach, because who would you rather have as a GM, especially when you're, you might be playing for your job this year. Um, Some fans would say, yeah, he should have been gone years ago, but let's say he's playing for his job this year. Would you rather have, would you rather, you know, bank on Jackson Merrill coming up and performing right out of the gate, his first action in the big leagues, or would you rather, you know, bank on Hassan Kim who has proven it and he keeps getting better every year. Like, yeah, you do Hassan Kim. Would you rather have Juan Soto on your team in your last year potentially or not? You'd rather have Juan Soto, but he's had to change his thought process, his approach, I think, because of some of the um, barriers, some of the restrictions that are on him.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, if you look at the last, you know, if you look at the Texas Rangers as a great example, or the Astros even, um, uh, and a lot of successful teams who have kind of gone deep into the playoffs or had long term success or whatever, they always have this core group of guys that they've spent a lot of money on and that have proven themselves. But then on top of that, they have these homegrown talents that are able to, you know, mash or provide clutch plays or, you know, really, really kind of go for the team in the long term. Um, and we as Padre fans really haven't had that. We obviously have had that on the pitching side, but never on the hitting side, I think. I mean, you can think mm-hmm. of, you know, certain prospects that have kind of come up and you know, done something, but never like someone who's like, kind of like, you know, stuck around. You can make the case for Camposano, but yeah. I mean, I think he still has more to prove uh, this coming year, especially now. I mean, he definitely has to step up um, for sure. Um, but also I think that, um, you know, it, it, long-term success we, we want to see here in, the, in Padresville is uh, we want to see our homegrown talent, you know, on, on the hitting side. And we want to see, outfielders and, you know, pit starting pitching and people who we've kind of grown up with uh, as the years have gone by. Um, I guess my ultimate question is, is like, what happens in 2025 too? You know, are we going to continue this sort of uh same payroll of $250 million or so? Or are we, is this like a retooling year where we're going to gradually go down or what's, you know, I'm trying to get into the head of AJ Prowler and your Casenza or whatever. And just trying to understand like, what's the long-term strategy. I know there's been a big change in Peter Seiler's death, unfortunately, but you know, what about the money aspect of it? You know, we have these locked up guys. Are we gonna continue to spend? Are we continuing to be competitive? Are we taking a year off? Like, you know, there's a lot of questions I have in terms of just the overall payroll that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and yeah, it's a good point in 2025, 2025- Obviously, we're looking very far into the future. I feel like what they want, like their ideal thing, is you make the playoffs in 2024, you get revenue from that. Hopefully, there's something TV deal-wise where you can get money from that. And these players that are coming up in 24, we have confidence that, yep, they can perform at the big league level. That's less money that they have to spend on free agents to replace those players that don't perform at the big league level there's not as much trades that need to happen of guys that are you know on one year deals left uh, because you have those prospects playing that are up now and they're rookies or they're going to be going into their second years in 25 and that allows for a big spend on someone in the rotation or that one spot instead of having two in the rotation, first base DH, two outfielders, like having five, six spots that they need to fill. Maybe in free agency, they only have one or two. And then they can spend the money on that. And we can actually be in the camp of some of the bigger names instead of having to be like, well, we don't know what trades they're going to make. So we have to pretty much just talk about, oh, can they spend X amount of dollars, limited money on six positions in free agency when I think trades are going to happen, but we don't know what it's hard to talk about trades because there's so many guys in farm systems. Um, so I'm, ho- I'm I don't know what I'm hoping. I mean, yeah, you want the padres <laughs> to make the postseason in 24. Of course. Of course I, do, I don't want I don't want the Padres to make the postseason, get this money, the prospects. Of course, I want the prospects to work out, but I don't want that to be them being like all right, we don't have to spend money then going into 2025. These guys are working out. We can keep lowering the payroll uh, because these guys are working out. Fans keep coming up, coming to the ballpark. and Everything's fine. I want them to work out in the Padres to use that money, obviously, and be like, we don't have to spend money on six positions. We can spend it on two. And now let's really go improve this team with two really good players in free agency. I think that's what they hope ends up happening. That's what I'm hoping, obviously.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, is that we have to understand is that, you know, Prowler has really kind of filled, refilled this farm system with a bunch of prospects. And these yeah. are what they are prospects, you know, most, let's just be honest here, is that not a lot of them, not every one of them is going to work out, you know, not everyone is going to be able to make that transition into the MLB. Um, and you know, I know we have a lot of hope for Ethan Salas, and we have a lot of hope for Jackson Merrill and stuff like that. But again, we have to give these guys time, and sometimes they won't work out. Ryan Weathers, I think, is a great example. We he was mm-hmm. a number one pitching prospect. We had a lot of high hopes for him. He was going to be, you know, third rotation guy. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. And they're prospects. And so, it's I think it's about and it, in that sense, it's all about just you know statistics, right? You know, we have overall we have a lot of great players, right? But truthful is that not everyone is em- not every one of them is going to work out and so you know we have to temper our expectations in some sort of way but at the same time we have to understand that we are building something here and we want to build this long-term success and these not i don't want to say dynasty but you know we we're, we have a core we need the peripheral edges is what we kind of need as a team i think um and how much we're willing to spend is really up to us or really up to aj preller and you know all the ownership group but I don't know. It's it's too many questions, too many questions that I don't. we don't have any answers for. And we are just left in the dark. And I imagine there's a lot of teams like that, too. But when the Padres going to do a move, you know, that's a real question.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the waiting game. And then when they make a move, we're going to be like, all right, when are they going to make the next move? Because they'll make a move and then it'll be like three, four days and we're going to be waiting. And dang, they haven't made a move in a long time. Well, they did just make a move a few days ago you know, right now. Yeah, for sure. It's, it, it feels like it's been forever. Um, Their last move was what woo suck go. And yeah. when was, was that beginning of January?
0: Yeah. Feels like and I, I think I had, to... who knows, but I, I mean, I think a lot of GMs, like I think we talked about it earlier in the show or uh, earlier, whenever last time I was on here, whatever, is that it's a Mexican standoff right now between the GMs, the owners and, and all the players, you know, and you know, the spring training is a deadline. Uh, for the players, but also a deadline for GMs too, in order to fill their roster spots and with capable players to have an opening day starter, starter, you know, or starting p- players, you know? So it's, it, it's the market is interesting right now. And the Padres are in a very, very difficult bind that unfortunately, Hassan Kim is going to alleviate some sort of the binds that we all face, um, yeah. where we have a loaded infield, a lot of players tied up money-wise, and uh, got a lot of people hungry for an opportunity to play at the big league level. So, you know, <laughs> it pains me. I love hot again. <laughs> yeah. Pains
1: yeah, me. I mean, we all do. Yeah, we all do. But we, we got to look at it from, I mean, fit, you can look at it from whatever perspective you want to look at it from. You can look at it from the fan perspective. But I feel like it's best to at least put your try to put yourselves in A.J. Preller's shoes. Knowing the budget and knowing how many holes there still are, and knowing the contract of Ha Kim and how unlikely it is for him to be here long term, and anyone that brings up like the Korea Series, those things are going to be sold out regardless of if Kim is there or not. It's sold yeah. out. Otani's coming to Korea. The Dodgers, Padres, like there's stars that will sell the place out. It's not like yeah. they go to Korea every year. It will be sold out. You can't make a decision or not make a decision, just because. Oh, there's two games in in Korea. Like, we gotta yeah. we gotta look at it from a unbi uh, not not a fan perspective. From from Preller's perspective, he's not gonna be. He does not care about the two games in Korea. Oh, I'm not gonna trade Kim if I get the right package because two games in Korea. That's just yeah. that that's what fans will bring up, and I understand it. And you you th- you'd like to think that that's oh yeah, don't trade him because that's a great moment that we can have on. The Peco Park Jumbotron before games for the rest of the franchise's history because it's it's a great moment. Well, okay, great. You know, winning winning is cool too. So, we just have to make the right decision. And I say we, the Padres front office, they can't think emotionally uh, about
0: this decision. Don't,
1: that's don't, what they don't get paid, That's what they get paid to do uh, is yeah, unemotionally don't. make decisions.
0: Don't, don't, don't lie, Ben. We're all, we're all in this train together, you know, us, AJ Preller, you know, we're all on this roller coaster ride together. So it's, we'll see. But I mean, that being said, Hassan Kim jerseys aren't flying off the shelves, you know, and it's, it's just one of those things. It's the reality of of baseball. Um, But we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about the Korea series tickets. I am scouring the internet. Yeah, I looked at that
1: today and I didn't see anything. So I guess... Are they not on sale or they're not, or they're already sold out?
0: I've been I've, hearing I that literally time. have
1: not seen anything.
0: Nothing. I heard that season ticket holders are just going to get an email one day and we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I, I hope to go. I want to go. So
1: we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I thought it was like an obvious thing to, you know, make those tickets available in December maybe for Christmas presents for fans. Or I, I thought that was like obvious. The Padres, yeah. by the way, they're releasing. Limited uh, 20-game packages for the upper deck. I thought there was a wait list, so I don't know. Maybe if you fill out the form, it's just the wait list that you're going on to, and they're going to pull from that. But I I guess there's unprecedented demand, according to the Padres, for for tickets.
0: Well, they better get in the postseason because this unprecedented demand that they're talking about isn't going to be lasting forever. I mean, we all remember those days where Petco Park was pretty empty. So what's the plan? Yeah. That's my yeah. question. Anyway. Yeah.
1: All right. Thank you, John. Appreciate your time. Have a good, have as good. always. All right. I do want to get to the chat after this break. Check out Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, GaglionBros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, Devin here in the chat says, it makes sense, but just like the Soto trade, it hurts from a fan perspective. Yes, that is true. I love Ha-Sung Kim, but it's evidently clear he doesn't fit in the Padres' future plans, so I would trade him in order to get something. That's that's kind of the view I have. Like I'm trying to look at this from an unemotional viewpoint. I love watching Ha-Sung Kim. I love that he hustles. He doesn't give up. I mean, yeah, he's a fan favorite for a reason. That's great. He's a great player, but there's other factors in this. Caesar says Kim is our best third baseman until Manny is healthy enough. You also, if you get the right package, I don't think that you keep Hasan Kim just because you need Kim to play third base for a couple weeks into the season. You know, you make it work. If you can get a good package for it, then you pull the trigger. Um, Iris says, according to Kyle Glazer, I think he does base, He's Baseball America. Jackson Merrill is not ready yet. Same thing, Jim Callis told me that about uh, Jacob Marcy in center field. So, yeah, I mean, it's 2024 is like a bridge year to those prospects is what it feels like. Mark says, from a business side, 100%, of course you trade him. Get what you can have or get what you can from him to fill the gaps we have. I thought you were gonna say from a business side, no, because he's a fan favorite and Korea series and all that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, from the Padres front office side, like AJ Preller's view, then yeah. But also, I guess he has to weigh if he thinks his job's on the line. Hassan Kim was one of the better players. He's not making a bunch of money. Jackson Merrill's not a guarantee to help out immediately in 2024. What if Cronenworth continues to struggle? What if there's injuries? Having Hassan Kim can really help you. And if you don't have Ha-Sung Kim, what if whoever you acquire doesn't really, you know, turn out well? And then there's some more holes on the roster during the year, and then you don't miss the po- you don't make the postseason, I should say. And then you end up losing your job. So there's things that AJ has to weigh for sure. Guffield to Fish says, "Part of me thinks we trade him after the career Series. Why would the Padres trade Ha-Sung Kim two games into the season?" I mean, it could happen, right? Like you can. The Padres traded for Craig Kimbrell, right? I think that was like right before the season. They traded for Rogers, right? They traded Paddock to the Twins. That was on opening day, the morning of their home opener—not home opener, morning of opening day in Arizona a couple years back, right? So it can happen, but why would you do that? So, I mean, so you trade Ha Sung Kim. I get the thinking like he can help you for those two games and he's marketable. He's the big guy Padres wise for the Korea series, the Korean King. I understand it. And then there, there's time between then and the home opener to to hammer out a trade. And the team that acquires Kim would be acquiring him before opening day that team's opening day before. And they'd get him for 162 games if he stays healthy, obviously. So I understand that. But I don't know. I feel like the Padres would want to get their roster fully set. And Hasan Kim's a big part of this Padres team, if he's on the team, right? So I think that they'd want to make that decision before the career series. Make that decision, and then if you don't trade him, the next time you think about trading him is before the deadline. Like You see what this team can be with Kim if you don't trade him. But some of the points or some of the factors in that point there yeah that that does make sense to to wait after the career series but um i don't know that that just doesn't feel right to me michael taylor fits it would be right-hand heavy and we would have to add two lefties after that we could do right right left right right left right right left type lineup yeah but who is that lefty that's hitting third it's not Jake Cronenworth, is it? And what lefty are you going to hit third that's playing left field, I would think? Or is that the first baseman? Like, who would be that lefty that actually fits to play to hit third, you know? Michael A., and Michael A. Taylor, just look at the money. If Bader and Kiermaier got $10-plus plus million million, is Michael A. Taylor going to get? Probably around that same money? And the Padres didn't want to do that for for Kiermaier, who I would have rather had than someone like Michael Taylor, because he's a lefty. We know what we can get defensively out of him. I, I'll take that over Michael A. Taylor. Now, would I rather have Bader or Taylor? I don't know. That's close. Probably Taylor right now, but that's probably bias coming off of what happened this past year. But still, Bader got, you know, over ten million dollars from the Mets. So. I don't see the Padres giving. They might give one guy $10-plus plus million a year in free agency or 10 plus mil for that one year, but it's not going to be multiple. They just don't have the room for that, I don't think. All right, continuing to go through the chat here. Alfredo says you better move Crony to the outfield. I mean, they might do that, but that feels like that's a, that's a big move of desperation. If cronies moved to the outfield. Like as a I'm talking not like part-time, but full time. Where he's, you know, your your everyday left fielder. Or he's your everyday center fielder. Like that's that's like, well, we couldn't find a trade for Kim, or we didn't want to trade him. We were not putting Crony at first base. We have to put him somewhere because we gave him the contract. So we'll we'll put him in a position he's never played before. Like that—that's big. That's a big desperate move to put him in the outfield. But I guess I guess it's a possibility. Fred says Kim for Luis Arise. Marlins need a good shortstop, but they're going to give up one of their best hitters for one year of Ha Kim. Do the Marlins think that they can go win the World Series this year? They could give him a contract extension, give him what he wants. But how much, what does Luis Arise's contract look like? Luis Arise's contract. Let's see. Two years. And the pod, by the way, the Padres, the base salary is over $12 million. So The Padres would actually be gaining money on their payroll for Luis Arise, who doesn't have power. Sure, it's a lefty bat and, you know, hits for average, right? He'll draw comparisons in today's day to Tony Gwynn because of how, like, he doesn't... I mean, the guy's like a hit machine. But you're adding money for a guy that doesn't have power. Is he the best first baseman? Like, I'm not even... I don't even know the answer to that, to be honest. Does he profile more as like a, a DH or a second baseman? I, I mean, yeah, I, I'd i probably do someone else. Like, what I was thinking with the awesome Kim trade is you get positions of need, which, yeah, first base, let's say Luis arrives first base, lefty, okay. But, I think you want more power from that position, right? You want Like, Cronenworth is a left-handed hitter. Sure, he's not going to hit for average as much as Luis Arise, like no one does. But he's a lefty that doesn't have much power, and Arise is a lefty that doesn't have much power. Cronenworth, I thought he was okay defensively at first base. I don't think Luis Arise is the best defensive first baseman out there. And if you're trading Kim, I thought that you're trading Kim for controllable person someone that isn't making as much money as kim so you're saving more money and you can plug that in somewhere else or comparable money but it's like into the rotation or it's an outfielder I don't know I don't feel that great for for 2 years of luis Rise, and Rise is making estimated base salary of 12 plus million dollars Devin says, should the Red Sox be a trade partner? I hear they're shopping Yoshida, but the Padres, that's not a good contract for the Padres. He's making $18 million a year. I think I saw Sam Levitt tweet something about that the other day, and I looked up his contract, and I'm like, yeah, he's okay. He's a good fit, like left-handed hitter, outfielder. Although, I think there's talk about Yoshida being more of a DH than an outfielder with the Red Sox. But, okay, he's a left. Let's say he's not a DH even. Outfield lefty but he's making 18 million dollars a year the Padres don't have that right right now to give because you're essentially you're giving Yoshida that contract because you're taking that on and even if they don't even if the Red Sox send money to the Padres the 18 mil a year still counts towards the luxury tax and that's like almost their entire budget to get up to the 237 number at least if I if I'm reading things correctly you take on the Yoshida contract. Even if the Red Sox give you money, you still have to take on the entire AAV, I think, of the deal. You may not have to p- literally pay Yoshida all that money because the Red Sox are giving you money, but for the AAV, you're, you're the one with Yoshida, so you have to own all of the AAV. It's not like the Red Sox put some of Yoshida's AAV on their payroll for the luxury tax. I think that's how it works. Andy says Kim will get extended. Let's just stop the blasph- blasphemy already. I don't know what you're reading. Um I've seen no one say that Kim's like they think that Kim's getting extended or anything like that. I I would be shocked if Kim got extended. Like I'm at that if if Cronenworth gets traded, okay, that's a little bit something different. If Merrill and Cronenworth are dealt, okay, that you know, it definitely opens the door. But Right now, I would be shocked if Kim got traded. Yoshida doesn't have the the best power either, does he? Let's look up Yoshida. I think last year he wasn't that good, was he? So one hundred and nine OPS plus, but it's nothing special. Like his WAR is one four, like that's nothing special. Two eighty nine average, okay, that's good. But 15 home runs, I mean, Kim hit 17, had an above-average OPS+, plus. can play multiple positions, he's not making as much money. I know you need the outfield, so maybe you take that on. But just the contract, I think, is what doesn't make Yoshida appealing to the Padres, their situation. All right, continuing through the chat, Devin says Hoskins is not an option. No way Padres will spend half their money on him. Yeah, I don't see that either. I I think there's teams like the Cubs that will definitely be more open to spending on Reese Hoskins than the Padres. Um, With two outfielders, why would we swap Kim for another infielder? I think you're talking about the Arise hypothetical. Yeah, but if Arise plays first, you can move Crony to second, back to second. You have a lefty that you bring in, someone that can hit it at the top of the order, really good hit for average guy. I could see how that makes sense, but you're taking on money for Luis Arise there. And it's for two years. Money's going to increase his last year of arbitration as well next year. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like Arise. Yeah, you sure, Arise would be great to have in the lineup, but at least my thought is okay, one year of Kim, you're trading him to. Get something back for him that is controllable and is less than what his contract is. So you can have more flexibility to spend elsewhere, I I think. Now, what you could say with the rise is well, you're trading Kim, yeah, and you're spending, you're choosing to spend some of the money, the Kim money, on a position elsewhere, first base. I don't know. I, I don't see a rise happening. And the Marlins probably want a shot to try to extend a rise. And if they're trying to win, I mean, they did make the postseason this past year. If they're trying to contend again, I'm not so sure they'd want to give up a rise for that. You know, they have a lot of pitching. So I think I think what the Padres would be getting back is like pitching, not Luis Arise. Why not just sign Bauer? I, I brought this comment up because I did do a video on this. or. A clip from my last show. You can go watch that here on this YouTube channel. I've already said no to Bauer. I've already given my thoughts on that, but it was brought up any possibility. The Padres looking, look at signing Trevor Bauer by Robert in Dennis Lynn's athletic mailbag. And Lynn said, nothing is 100% with this team, but I have been told this is not going to happen. And I agree with that Padres viewpoint. It shouldn't happen. They need lefties in the rotation. Bowers a righty. It's a big headache, a lot of questions, a lot of distractions. That's the last thing this Padres team needs is distractions. Um, let's see. Any more comments here? While I'm scrolling through, just want to remind you about the great partners of the show. We got Foco. They've got some great Padres bobbleheads and collectibles. Click that link in the description there. Breaking tea. Great Padres, Aztecs, San Diego Wave shirts and sweatshirts. Aztecs, they got a a, uh, nail-biting win yesterday. I gave my thoughts on that yesterday, uh, last night, because it was the late game last night. Gave my thoughts on that. So you can go watch that on YouTube. Go to the playlist, San Diego State Aztecs, and you'll find it there. Got that win over San Jose State, and then they play um, on the road against New Mexico over the weekend. Um, Sinky code talking friars $20 off your order there. You can save it for pot for the Padres season tickets there or other events that you want to go to. And then underdog fantasy, it's not baseball season, but there's a lot that you can place some picks. You can make some picks on there. Underdog fantasy 100% deposit match up to $100 code talking friars or click the link in the description for that. Um, let's see. Caesar says, sign Eddie Rosario and Donovan Solano. I did not see Solano as a free agent. Interesting. If he is, he plays, does he play first at all? Donovan Solano. What kind of year did he have this past year? Donnie Barrels. I know he was really good in 21. He was a big reason why the Giants made the postseason five home runs this past year. 110 OPS plus, 760 OPS, so it's not like blowing you away. Yeah, he is a free agent. What positions did he play this past year? Let's see. Yeah, he played first base 82 games, so I guess that's an option, but isn't he a righty? Yeah, he's a right-handed hitter. I think the Padres would want a lefty, not a righty. But yeah, Eddie Rosario, that's a name that keeps getting thrown out there. And yeah, I agree. I think that's a name that I don't see him being signed immediately. So I could see his market going down a little bit. Maybe it's at like 10 right now, but maybe it goes down closer to where the Padres are more comfortable giving out contracts at these one-year deals. So yeah, I could see that. I, I still see Aaron Hicks as being a Padre. I mean, Joey Gallo, one of these years, you would think he's going to be a Padre at some point. Those are some names out there that it's like, mm, I, I, I could see that. Derek says, one person needs to be traded here. Kim, Croner or Merrill. There is a log jam in our middle infield. Kim should be playing short. He's the second best defender on the team. Yes. like Who should be starting on this team? Bogarts, Kim, Cronenworth for the middle infield. You only have two spots. Well, you're going to give it to Bogarts and Kim, right? But there's the contract. He's here for one more year. He's not going to be here long-term. Who is here long-term? Merrill, Cronenworth, Bogarts. And let's just throw out Merrill for now, but Cronenworth, Bogarts. They made their bed with those. Those guys aren't getting traded, in my opinion. So it's not it's not just a question of who are the best players and then you have them play the infield. It's who are the best players, combine that with what are their contract situations, what could you get back for those players. And Kim, you could get a significant package, I think, back, not Soto or anything like that, because it's one year and he's not as good of a hitter as Juan Soto, but you could get a good package back. There are teams, I mean, Dennis Lynn wrote about it today. There are teams, widespread interest in Ha-Sung Kim. There are teams that would be willing to give up Major league pieces, I think, for Hassan Kim. With Kronaworth, who's gonna take that contract? Who's gonna take Xander's contract? He's got 10 years left on that deal. No one's taken that. Who's taken seven years of Cronerworth coming off of an injury and a down a really down year? I mean, he keeps declining offensively. I hate to say it, but you look at his numbers, they have declined. So, like, Kim is the most appealing guy out of those three guys. Bogarts, Kim, and Kronoworth. Derek says, we should package Kron and Merrill for a frontline starter keep Kim. So, if we package Crone and Merrill, then maybe it opens up a Kim extension because you get the Crone if you get all of the Kronoworth money off the books. But Kim is probably, Kim would make double what you got for what you gave Kronoworth, though. So, you've got to Think about that. That's less money that you can give to free agents in 2025. Um, and that's that's Merrill. You're giving up on six years of Jackson Merrill, and he'd be making nothing in the first years of, those, of that deal. A top 10 prospect in baseball, someone that you didn't want to trade for Juan Soto from the Nationals. You had to trade other guys, but you did not want to trade Jackson Merrill. And you're gonna give up on him to, just so that you can attach the Cronaworth contract? I don't know. I'm I'm not so sure about that. Yes, David Peralta is another option. He is a lefty bat. Yep. All right, a lot of ground covered here. Talking for hours, episode 553. Padres. They are talking a Hosung Kim trade. We know that Dennis Lynn wrote that in the Athletic. He'll probably have another mailbag. I would think next week or maybe later this week thank you everybody for the time i appreciate it i don't want to take your time for granted so that's it thank you so much for tuning in live replay on youtube listening on the podcast platforms have a great rest of your night and we'll see if some Padres signings come down see you later